0: So if you guys have been here with us for the last couple of weeks, you know that we've been in a series to where our discipleship students have been sharing some testimonies. And tonight we're continuing that series with three more testimonies. I'm going to keep it short because I want to give these guys as much time as possible. But Nate, you could start heading up here and then I'm going to pray over you guys and, uh, and kick off into this. Have you guys been enjoying this series? I've been absolutely, absolutely loving this series. So, Heavenly Father, God, we, once again, we just thank you for today. God, we pray over these students we pray over the words that you've given them to share god the testimonies that you've been doing in their life god and we just uh we just pray peace right now over them god that they be able to communicate what you've given them with complete confidence and uh and god we just pray for revelation throughout this entire thing give us eyes to see ears to hear in the spirit of wisdom and revelation god so we say have your way we love you we praise you and pray all this in jesus name Amen. Can you guys give it up for Nate? Hey.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Thanks, Nick. Um, so, yeah, like Nick said, my name is Nate. Um, if you don't know me, it's nice to meet you. Um, I'm 20 years old. I was a part of the discipleship program. And, um, man, it, was, it must have been such an amazing adventure. Um, but the first thing I wanted to do before I got into what I wanted to share was I actually wanted to uh, – well, actually, do you guys have a picture up on the back? Can you throw the first one up? Uh, yeah, there it is. Um, I actually wanted to honor Nick um, and just say, like, I, don't, I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm able to sit today without, like, him coming alongside me for the last, like, nine months and just being able to speak into my life. Um, and I wanted to honor all the disciples that I got to be a part of. Like, these are all my friends. These are some of my favorite people in my favorite time of year. I love Christmas time. So this is one of my favorite photos. Um, <laughs> But I just wanted to say I, I love all you guys, and it was an amazing adventure and journey to be a part of, and I'm so excited to see what God's going to be doing in the, everyone for the next couple, I mean, already he's done so many things, but just in the next years to come. Um, so a little bit about myself, like I said, my name's Nate, um, I'm 20 years old, um, I was homeschooled until like high school, and then I went to Hudsonville High School, and that's where I graduated, so I know some of you from Hudsonville, and then I went to Grand Valley for two years, and I'm studying computer science, so like computer programming pretty fun. I love it. Um, Some things about me, I really enjoy like dad jokes. Those are some of my favorites. And so, yeah, I got, I came up with one that I personally, well, I didn't come up with it. I have an app on my phone. Did you know there's a dad joke app that you can get that gives you a dad joke every day? So it is (laughs) like, you can do a verse of the day and then a dad joke of the day. (laughs) So the dad joke, yeah, two days ago, which is one of my favorites was whiteboards are remarkable. (laughs) I love that one. Um, So that's my sense of humor. But other things I like to enjoy or like like doing is I like to play guitar. Um, That's something I started doing recently. Um, That's been really fun. And I like hiking. So if you guys have got that second image up there, this is a picture of Angels Landing, and it's not with me in it. Um, I couldn't find my pictures. It was on like a flash drive at home, which I lost. (laughs) Um, So this is online. But anyway, this was one of my favorite places to hike. Um, Because as you can see, and I think some of you have been there before, um, but it's got really narrow at the top, and they call it Angel's Landing because it gets really narrow, almost like four feet wide um, as you get up to the top. And then there's a big landing that you can kind of sit on. You can see the rest of the park, and this is Zion National Park in Utah. Um, And you can see everything from the top, and it was one of my favorite hikes ever. I loved just the adventure and and being able to travel up there and the danger because that chain on the side was the only thing keeping me from coming off the cliff. And I didn't really trust it too much, but I'm alive, <laughs> so we're good. Um, yeah, exactly. So something I really wanted to share was just what's hap- what God's been doing inside of me the last, I mean, for all of my life, really, but I really want to focus on the discipleship program. Um, and I'm not coming with, like, a specific, like, story. Um, I'm kind of coming with, like, God, what God taught me o- over the whole nine months. And it was really hard for me to, like, pinpoint a specific moment, but this is a broad spectrum of, something that he really did in me, and I felt like it was on my heart to share. Um, so the one thing that that he really taught me, or at least that I came into the program thinking, right? I had, I had grown up in a Christian home, so I had a relationship with God. Um, like, I knew who he was, but I didn't really, like, talk with him that much or read the word that much or pray or just—I kind of was like, oh, yeah, I'm saved, and we're good. Um, and I kept living, kept living on life, and then I came to Access for a little bit and got plugged in and really started growing my relationship with the Lord, and um, just really started enjoying it and wanted to pursue it more, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to join the discipleship program. And so I came into the program, and I Maya was thinking that, like, I have to do something great to to be someone great. This was something that I thought I needed to do, right? Like, I'm pursuing the Lord. I need to do something great for him so that I can be a great person. And it was I was taking on I, – I kept thinking, like, I had to perform. Like, I wanted to perform and be the best that I could be. It caused me to compete, to compare, and I was going into the program and even throughout a lot of different areas of the program, um, especially with some of my friends, it would cause me to try and, when, when someone would teach something, I'd try and, you know, reword it the best so that it sounded the best, or um, sometimes I would try to prove that I was good enough by putting myself in situations that I was, like, my glory was shown over what actually was going on and I wasn't very humble about it. I kept thinking like i have to earn it right i have to do something to earn the greatness that i I need to be i was trying to do it i was trying to, to do jesus things to be like jesus um and the reason i was doing that was because i had an insecurity in my heart like i was i had some pride built up and i didn't necessarily know how to deal with it and so i started seeking my own way over his way um and I became like I had this a lot of selfishness wrapped up in myself because I had this this insecurity that I was walking around if I'm not good enough, so I'm going to try and prove myself so I can do this great thing to be this great person that i that I feel like I need to be to fill this insecurity inside my heart so um another way of write maybe wording this is I was seeking significance to fill my insecurities, so it didn't really work out that well. <laughs> I'm here to tell you um. So it was kind of like the way I can describe it the best is it was almost like I was desperately grasping for something, right? I was trying to prove I'm good enough. I was trying to perform and outperform and trying to desperately grab onto that thing that I felt like I needed, but it was always out of reach. I I kept striving and striving, and I couldn't quite grasp it. I was almost there, and then I didn't get it. And I kept going over and over and over again. And something that I realized was I wasn't allowing God to love me. I was, I was not living to be loved. Um, and so I brought this pitcher and glass to kind of like add something to what I was trying to say. So I was kind of like this empty cup, right? Like I was trying to do something amazing to be this great person. I wanted to be full. I saw like Jesus is full, right? Like this is Jesus full of his love. This is me. I want to be like Jesus. So I want to be full and I want to pour into other people because I see that Jesus pours into people. But I didn't realize that I didn't have the love that I needed to pour into people. So I was actually empty. So every time I tried to go do something great and perform and prove myself to other people and to seek that significance, nothing came out. And I kept trying to grab it. And I was like, oh, I can almost, I, yeah. And I couldn't quite make it. And my pride was getting in the way of him loving me. Because I was, every time that he came to try and fill me up, I'd be like, oh, no, God. like." don't worry, I got this. I'll take care of it. I'll prove myself. I, I don't, I don't need that right now. I need to go, I need to go do some, some outreach. I need to go, and now that outreach is bad, don't get me wrong, but I was doing it out of a prideful heart, because I wanted to almost hmm, build an idol of myself, to say, look what I can do, because I, I did this great thing, like this, I'm a great person. See, this is exactly who I need to be, like, I'm a great person, right? So, you see what I did? I did outreach. I did a Bible study. I, I'm a part of the discipleship program. Um, And that wasn't allowing God to actually love me. So I I actually refused to let God fill me because I wanted to be the one to fill myself. Um, But here's what I learned over the course of these nine months through a lot of teaching, through some correction, uh, through failing. Failing isn't always bad. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel good in the moment, but you... If you take it as an opportunity to learn something and let God speak to you, it can be an opportunity to grow. And so that took me a while to learn, and I'm still learning that. But God used some of my failures to, to grow me. And he, he showed me that for God so loved the world that he gave, and he gave everything for me, and I don't have to earn it. Like, he gave everything so that I can be his son. And for me, there's nothing greater than being his son. There's nothing better I can be. He already gave it so that I can go do everything that he's called me to do and love those people around me. So God did give this great thing for me so that I can be a great person. I can be his son, the best person that I can be, the greatest thing I can ever be, and I can go do his love everywhere that I go. So he took his love and he filled me. But what that required me to do is to humble myself and to not put myself in the spotlight every time, trying seeking significance, trying to prove myself, and actually coming to him in private, and no one else watched, and to say, okay, God, like, I'm broken, I'm hurting, I have these insecurities. I need you, and every time you come to him, he always fills you up. Like, you never walk away thirsty. (laughs) It's wild. Um, So... (laughs) I wanted to, to just quick read something from, from John fifteen five. 5. It, t- it's talking about, um, like, he uses an analogy of, like, the vine and the branches. Um, but I'm going to start here, and it says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When I was empty, and I wasn't coming to him with all my needs, with all the things I was going through, I could do nothing. I couldn't get there. I kept reaching and grasping, but it never, it never filled up. I was empty. And, th- and a little bit later on in John fifteen seven, it says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, if I abide in him, right, and he fills me with his love, and I, I'm filled with him, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be given for you, or given to you. So one of the things I wanted to say was, without his love, we'd be nothing. But with his love, we have everything live to be loved. So with that, I actually want to leave you guys with a, st- a question for you guys to ask yourself. But is there any areas in your life where you're not allowing God to love you because you're trying to prove yourself and earn your way into that that place or whatever that may be? Um, yeah. So that's what I have to share. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Anna, you want to come out? So this is going to be Anna, everyone. want to welcome Anna. I'm
2: going to drink your water, if that's OK, if you want to leave that. All yours. Definitely need that water. <laughs> okay. Wow, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> and I have never even spoken in a microphone before. So this is the first. Hearing my, hearing my voice, you can probably see me shaking. But I'm just going to let Jesus take the wheel here. Um, so I put out some notes here. Um, Kind of just like a basic outline of what I'm going to talk about, just so I don't go off on tangents, because I tend to do that. And then I find, like, where was I going with that? So I'm going to stick to this. Um, first thing I want to say is I don't know if my if you know anybody here, know Ben Lepsch. Raise your hand. You know Ben Lepsch. So I'm his younger sister. Um, so got some big shoes to fill with that one. But <laughs> if he's watching, he said he'd be streaming. So if he is watching, wherever the camera is, hi, Ben. I want to say thank you, because if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be standing here today or sitting here today. Um, Who knows where I would be? So Uh, a little about me. My name is Anna Lepsch. I'm 22 years old. Um, I don't have a cool picture uh, to show you or a sweet analogy, Um, but I'm just going to be real and speak from my heart here. Um, So this chair is really far from this table, so I'm just going to scooch forward a little bit. Okay. So yeah, I've always believed in God, grew up as a Christian. Um, My family actually went to Resurrection Life Church my entire life, so I've always grown up in the church. Um, And I always had a relationship with God in the sense that I knew he was there and that I knew he was there for me. And if I needed to talk to him, I could. Um, But it was kind of one of those relationships where um, I was kind of only going to God if I was like really in a pickle and was like, God, I just really need your help. I didn't have... A relationship where I talked to him every single day. I didn't have like a friendship with Jesus and um, and whatnot. So, kind of due to that and some things in my life, growing up and uh, through my teenage years, I made a lot of poor choices. Um, I spent a lot of time going to parties, lying to my parents about where I was um, at a pretty young age too. From about fifteen, I started smoking, drinking. Um, Dating and what comes with dating, you know, doing things I wasn't supposed to do before marriage with guys. And in turn, that created um, a really poor identity that I found in myself. I actually didn't know my own identity. I found my identity in men and um, needed them. I felt like I needed them to fill myself up. Um, Always needed a relationship to feel okay. Okay just was not happy on my own Um, was super unhealthy Um, depression anxiety went through a period of time where I wanted to just kill myself but didn't have the guts to do it you know Um, never actually wanted to kill yourself if that makes sense but you also were like I really just don't want to be here anymore so God if you just want to take me now that's cool I'll be fine with that that would be a lot better than where I'm at right now. Um, so, yeah, I was extremely unhealthy. I was unsure of where I was going, what I was doing. I felt extremely disconnected from everything. You know, my brother Ben would try to involve me in things and ask if I wanted to, you know, hang out with him and his church friends. And in my mind, the devil, the enemy, would constantly tell me, no, you don't need to hang out with those people. They'll, they're going to know who you are. You're not going to fit in with them. They're so much better than you, they haven't made the, the mistakes that you've made, and, and they're going to know. What you've done is going to be written across your face the moment you go hang out with them and you're just not going to fit in. And that's the lie that I believed for so long. So I missed out on opportunities to make friendships um, with some really good people that would have you know, breathed life into my life and um, definitely would have needed that in that point in my life. And um, of course, like I said, I went through depression and anxiety where I didn't really want to do anything kind of secluded myself and continued hanging out with the crowd where I fit in, the people that wouldn't judge me, even though I know now that the Christian community wouldn't judge me, but in my mind then I felt like they would, and so it was easier to be friends with people who were living the same life as me and making the same decisions as me because then I didn't feel bad about myself because everyone else was doing it. Um, But then when you're on your own and you're alone and you're sitting there, and thinking, the devil really knows how to get in your brain and beat you down. So um, some at one point in my life, it was actually the beginning of this year, or not this year, sorry, 2018, I knew something um, something w- needed to change. I had gotten out of a pretty serious relationship that wasn't very good, um, and that was kind of like the wake-up call because I was a wreck when they when we broke up. He broke up with me, and I was like, I'm done, because I had no idea who I was. And so something was, like, pulling at me, and, and honestly, I was considering going to YWAM. Um, and then, of course, the devil's like, oh, you have too many bills and too many obligations here and commitments. There's no way you're going to be able to go to YWAM. Um, so then my brother, actually, Ben, introduced me to um, the idea of this discipleship program. So, and he actually, he and Kendra, um, blessed me with paying for it for me so I was able to go. And the, the day I went into the interview with Nick and Jake, I was terrified, almost was not going to go. And I felt like they could read it across my head that I was not good enough to be there. But nope, instead, um, they looked at me and said, we believe that you are going to be you know, a great part of this program and that we need you here and that you, know, you need to be here. And so um, that was a relief. And yet, throughout that whole program of, pro- excuse me, program of nine months, um, I continued to face the devil telling me over and over and over that you are not good enough, your past defines you, um, you shouldn't go to this program, and you shouldn't go to this, you shouldn't go to that, you don't need to be at access, nobody cares if you're there or if you're not there, and um, so I really have Jake and Nick to thank for continuously pushing me and um, speaking life into my life, because if it weren't for this program. I would probably, honestly, be at, like, Billy's tonight, just drinking and dancing and partying and and not being happy with my life. So um, so I'm extremely forever grateful for Nick um, for having this desire and this passion in your heart to make this program something, Um, because without it, I would not be where I am. So thank you. Um, So I guess to kind of, like, close with that. Even though every day I woke up, Monday mornings I would wake up and I would struggle to get myself to go to discipleship. I actually missed a ton of days of discipleship because the the devil lied to me and I believed him. And I've learned that I've given, I used to give the devil way too much power. Um, So he has absolutely no power over you, no power over me. And by constantly talking about him, like, oh, the devil did this, he did that, that's giving power to him. So instead, I'm going to say right now that um, I have God's power, and the power that God gives me is to wake up every day and not feel anxious and not feel poorly about my past and the mistakes that I've made, but to celebrate in the little victories that I get, like waking up and knowing that I have these amazing friends that I have... um, gained through this program, um, waking up and being thankful and thanking God for my apartment, my cats, my car, you know, my family, the little things like that. And then also um, looking at the big victories that I've gotten. I know my identity now, and no, that doesn't mean that I don't struggle. (laughs) Thank you. Um, That doesn't mean that I don't struggle with some days I wake up, and sometimes I'm tempted to do certain things, and sometimes... I fall into the temptation still. Um, Going through a program like this and being saved doesn't mean that you're going to live every single day perfectly because that's not possible. So the big victories is that I'm okay being on my own. I don't feel like I need a a guy in my life to make me feel better because the only guy I need is the guy upstairs. Um, And I'm okay with that, and I'm happily trying to pursue um, after my own heart and the desires that the Lord has put on it. And um, yeah, I still have a long way to go. And that's what's exciting about this whole thing is that everyone here should have a long way to go. And that's good. It's a good thing because it means that you're constantly going to grow in your relationship. You're constantly going to find, you know, you're going to go on new adventures with God every single day. And if, it, if your journey is done, then I'm sorry for you. Like, I don't want your journey to be done. I want it to continue growing. And so that's the journey that I'm on right now. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm not this person or that person because this is me and this is where I'm at and I'm happy and I'm thankful and yeah, that's all I got to say there. So <laughs> um, so yeah, without further ado, I want to hand over the mic to my buddy Spencer. So give it up for Spencer. Sorry,
0: it's kind
3: of really sweaty. It's really sweaty. Can leave the water? water.
2: Can I have a sip first?
3: Sure. That is what nine months of class together does Ooh, to you. K-
2: we're
3: not drinking that. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. How are y'all doing? There we go. We're going to hold the mic like this. And open the laptop. There we go. Cool. So, hi, I'm Spencer Conrad. Um, Spencer. Hi. I was one of the disciples. I was the access intern for nine months, uh, so I got to do a lot of amazing things. Uh, t- can I just like honor all the leaders here? Because uh, I got the privilege to work with some of y'all and you guys are like amazing like access is the people But it's also the leaders So give them a hand There we go <laughs> Cool, uh, so I just want to open up with something a little lighthearted. hearted um, When I first started coming to access it was a night of worship and then the second week was uh, Community night, and uh, that's actually when I got to meet Nick. Yeah, you know, so Right, like I'm homeschooled, I'm not the cool kid, like by far, no. <laughs> so I wanna be cool, right? We're coming in access and everything. So we're playing cornhole, right? And there was this like rock. And so I got on the rock after I had like made a shot. And then I was like, I'm gonna dab because that's what cool kids do, <laughs> right? So I jumped superhero landing. <clears throat> Just like that. And Nick, we're playing across the board. He starts laughing he goes, I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will forever be known as the Pinocchio Dapper. Uh, cool. Uh, but yeah, so Jake really got me, got me into this program. He, uh, he talked me into it. He uh, sat me down. He informed me of what was going on. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. And so I'm expecting like a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds, right, fresh out of high school. And then I get in a class, and I look around. And there's actually adults and it freaked me out because like this is supposed to be post high school you don't know what you want to do with your life class not whatever the discipleship program is it was really good <laughs> I don't know what to classify it as but so I get in there right and I feel like super disqualified like instantly like I'm I think Braley's like three weeks older than me but I felt like a baby sitting it like you know when you're like at the kids table at the holidays and you don't want to be at the kids table. But then you get to the adults table and you're like, am I really an adult? And then you go back to the kids table because that's where you're comfortable with, right? So that's how I felt at the discipleship. And so right off the bat, like I get in there and there's all these adults and they got like real jobs and they're living on their own and Alex on the worship band so he's like instantly that much cooler. And so I start comparing, right? Like it's on, I got to earn my seat. And I I felt like that. I had to earn it. And so what do you do when you're in a spiritual God-learning class? You say profound things that other wiser pastors say. Um, (laughs) And you spout out scripture like you think you know what it means. Um, And so (laughs) we had these these things called sparkling gems. They were daily devotional, right? And um, so Nick had me read one about two weeks into the program. And it was all about... um, Like, I wrote it in 1 Timothy 4.12, which is don't let um, people look down on you because of your age. And I'm like, yeah, haters going to (laughs) hate. Like, I'm young, but I'm amazing, and they just don't understand it. So, you know, we got to get the connection, right? And so so God's like, okay, let's (laughs) first off step off your pedestal, hot shot. But let's look at it. Let's change your perspective, right? And what he wanted to show in that scripture was not haters gonna hate but more or less if i call you to something your age doesn't disqualify you even if man says so so i started listening i started learning i was a little less you know hot shot uh still opened my mouth way too much but um between Nick and God, you know, having some hard talks, getting in my face, I became more teachable cuz that was the the word of the day when I would come into class, you're not teachable. And I was like, fine, I'll be teachable. I'll be teachable. I'll be teachable. And so I finally get teachable, right? And so now I'm focused. I am teachable. I am ready to learn. Let's get stuff done. Now I'm super wise because I'm teachable and <laughs> I really shifted the focus off of my relationship with God and more on my performance in class. Um, And as you can probably guess, that's where things started to go downhill. Um, Realizing when I'm so focused on my performance, I realized real real quick where I was weak, real quick where I was not good enough. And anxiety wasn't really something I ever dealt with, right? Like, I get nervous when I was coming up uh, on stage or doing something like that, but i never never like, really dealt with anxiety. Well, started focusing on me, and that was like the, the, the word of the day. Um, and it was really, you're not good enough, right? You're, you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of if they knew this, and you just go through all these things because you're so focused on your performance. Um, and so I'm feeling disqualified at right? the program, is is amazing i don't deserve to be here uh i'm feeling like a terrible human being and so i had a, a throw in the towel moment right ever get so mad with god you just like there's nothing there you just mm, right uh, no okay you should try it it's really fun just mm. anyway um he said stop chasing your reputation and start changing words. Stop chasing your reputation and start chasing our relationship. When I was focused, did I write that? Yes, I did. When I'm focused on me and God, I don't have to focus on my performance. What else did I write? (laughs) Because when I know what he thinks about me, it doesn't matter what you guys think, and it doesn't matter what I think. Ever be your worst enemy? critic, right, like everyone says you're amazing, and God says you're amazing, and you feel like a dirt bag, well, then maybe your flesh needs to change, so anyway, we went through that, right, and he just showed me this during worship, how much time, oh, I'm doing good on time, yay, Uh, (laughs) I I practiced this earlier, and I had set a clock, right, or I thought I did, and I start going over my notes, and I'm like, man, I'm making good time, I'm getting through all 10 pages, like God's multiplying time, Then I went back to the app and realized I hit the stopwatch, not the alarm, and I had spoke for 45 minutes. (laughs) I was like, no, okay." (laughs) So one of the things God showed me during worship, and it was because Nick was talking about the counting thing, and it reminded me, so I play airsoft on the weekends. And uh, one of the vendors we have, he brought his son to one of the events, and cute little guy, like four. His name was Jackson. and. Uh, this cute little dude, he's got his, like, full face mask on, and he's just walking around. He's got, like, a plastic drill, and he thinks it's a gun because it has a trigger. Um, and he's just walking around, right? But I, I watch this little guy, and Dad leaves the room. So does Jackson. Jackson's talking around with the guys. He's, he's enjoying his presence of his father. When Dad moves, I move. Right, And it wasn't, dad, look at me, look at my gun, look at my gear, look at, I'm showing off, I'm beating all the boys. It was, no, I want to be with you. you di- he, we, we didn't really talk to him. like He was just a shadow. But the smile on this little dude's face, the fact that he got to be present with his dad, that made his day. And so it really like, convicted me of going, wow, I'm so busy showing off with the boys. God, look at this new gun I got. It s- shoots so fast. Look at all this new gear I got. But really, it's one of the moments we talk. Take a second. We stop and think. Go, hey, you just left the room, and I'm still here playing with my gear. Drop it. Go to the other room. And so as I'm just dealing with all this stuff, he brought me back to Matthew 6.33. And said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I'm like, okay, cool. What does this mean? He goes, I want you to read it like this. Seek first our relationship and my righteousness, not mine, his, and your reputation will follow. That's all I got.
0: Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Spencer so much. Spencer, when he interned with Access, uh, most of his internship was was spent with me. So we developed a uh, a very fun relationship to where we like to to jab at each other as brothers do. So um, were you guys blessed by this again tonight? Oh my word! <laughs> so we we have we have one more student that's going to share, um, and she's going to share at the beginning of next week's service. Uh, we have a super special service planned for next week. We're going to do some some really good uh, study of scripture with our tables next week. But we're also going to start off with uh, uh, the one last testimony from the group. So um, I just wanted to to take a second just because we're going to be closing out the application for the discipleship program for this semester in probably the next week to week and a half. Um, We're almost to capacity of of what we're going to be able to accept into the program. Um, so I just want to say, like, if you guys were encouraged by this, if you're challenged by this and you're hearing those testimonies going, you know what, I'm in a I'm in a place in my life and it's perfectly fine to be in this place, by the way, I'm in a place in my life to where I really don't know what the next steps of life are. Uh, I don't know what it looks like to actually actively pursue the Lord in, in all areas of my life. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds for me. Maybe I just got out of school or I'm at a job that I feel like is a dead end job or whatever that is. If, if that's you, then I encourage you to uh, to fill out the application. Reslife.org slash disciples. There's no cost to apply. There is a cost to the program, um, but we'll tackle that when you go through the interview and you can read on into all those details on the website. Um, but I encourage you, if, if that's you and you've been hearing this and you go, you know what, these these testimonies are talking to areas of my heart that I've had deep, deep desires in, right now is the time to uh, to apply for that because we're going to be closing down the links because we have a, a giant number of applicants already and we've been doing uh, three interviews a day over the last <laughs> couple weeks and, and it's just, uh, it's amazing. The, the program's growing there's opportunities in the program, so we'd love to have you guys apply with us if you're interested at all. So once again, that's reslife.org disciples. You, uh, you guys just join me in closing your eyes. We're just going to pray over these guys. I just want to pray over the group and, and over this next season of their life. Father, we just thank you. God, we just thank you for these students, these disciples, these children of your kingdom, God. We thank you for their faithfulness of stepping up and sharing your words, sharing your testimony, and just shining your light into this organization, this, uh, this congregation, but then every area, every sphere of influence that they have in their lives, God. I just pray that you'd increase them. Father, I thank you that the, the seeds that they sown into their life in these nine months will reap a giant harvest for years to come. A harvest of souls. A harvest of breakthrough for your kingdom. A harvest of making more disciples. And Father, I pray over every single individual in here tonight, God. Whether it be a a discipleship program or not, it's not about a program, God. It's about a walk with you. Jesus, you came to make disciples. So, Father, I just pray over every single seat in here tonight, God, that that you would just awaken hearts and minds to walk on that discipleship journey with you. To want to know what that looks like, to search it out in your scripture and to see it in your life, Jesus. So Father, we just release it over here. God, I thank you for what you've done in this place. I thank you for what you're continuing to do in this place. I thank you for the conversations you have in store for after service when we're hanging out. God, that that you're saturating our presence right now. God, we just ask that we would glorify you. God, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. And we say, have your way in our life.